For some of us, the holidays mean more cooking, and for many of us, it certainly means more eating. Today, we discuss holiday food with Elspeth Hay, our local food reporter. She also has a blog, Diary of a Locavore. Good morning. Good morning. And Dave Mash, who is author of Cooking the Catch, and then now the <coughs> new book, Cooking the Catch, Volume 2. Oh, happy holidays. Yeah. All right. So is there something that is a tradition for you or your family that you do this time of year, every year, no matter what? Well, I make Christmas Stalin every year, and also we try to do a version of the Feast of the Seven Fishes that's traditional with Italian families. Mm-hmm. And this year I'm doing seven shellfishes rather than fish, oh. in fish and shellfish. Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. What about you, Elspeth? Uh, we do, I have an eggnog recipe that was passed <coughs> down um, from... Uh, some sort of an ancestor. I'm not quite sure how we're related, <laughs> but Colonel Miles Carey. Oh, so that's and and is this a secret recipe or? It is unfortunately. I, I well, I don't really care about keeping it secret, but my grandmother is still alive, and it is extremely important to her that nobody knows the exact recipe. Although I'm allowed to say that it's a lot like the one in some of the older Joys of Cooking. Oh. And so was this a difficult thing to put together? I mean, is it is it a... Is no, it a, no? The, the hardest part, and I think this is true of all any homemade eggnog, is you have to stream the alcohol into the egg yolks very slowly, sort of like making an aioli, mm-hmm. um, except with oil, because otherwise they'll curdle. Yeah. You're, you're nodding True. your head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so did you have some? Did you get that one right off the bat the first time you tried it, or? Well, so my much? grandmother used to help us, and one year um, she used to go up to my parents' house in Maine when my sister and I were younger for the holidays. And one year, my my mom and I came home, and my dad and my grandmother were making the eggnog, and they were very pleased with themselves, and they said it was the best batch they had ever made, and they said, "Taste it." And my mom took a taste and said, oh, my God, this is so strong. And they had completely forgotten any of the milk. <laughs> but I think they had drank so much of it themselves that... They that didn't really know it was... No, they thought it was perfect. <laughs> so knocks away a lot of... Of drinkers, man, non-drinkers manage to drink a little and enjoy a little <laughs> bit of the pleasure of drunkenness without being guilty. Yeah, I'm not because never, it's a tradition. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of eggnog. I like cider better than eggnog, but well, yeah, but a lot of people do like eggnog. Um, and if uh, we'd love to hear uh, if you have some some tradition that you'd like to share with us or a holiday disaster, those are always fun to hear. And we we have our own. I'm sure we're going to be sharing some of those. Eight six six nine 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 four six two six. That's eight six six nine 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 four six two six. Our email address is the point at wgbh.org. Do you have a disaster, Dave? A holiday disaster? Something well, that didn't turn out that well. Well, one, what, this didn't happen to me, but it certainly was a disaster, and I was present. My my sister was being wooed by a young minister-to-be who just got his official collar. He's a 21-year-old man in his first dark suit. He was very proud. And I have a nasty Uncle Art who <laughs> was carving the Christmas goose. The young parson was sitting on his right, and my Uncle Art managed to shoot the whole greasy goose right into the lap of his noose. Parson's suit, causing no end of consternation and confusion and scraping off the duck and getting it in the goose and getting it back on the table. Well, they later did marry, so So nasty uncle. (laughs) Wasn't too sick, but he caused the commotion he wished. Yeah, what was that? What do you think was behind that? He just wanted to see how he would react, or he was mad about the suit? No, no, he wasn't mad about anything. He just liked to to be nasty. That was my nasty Uncle Art, yeah. (laughs)
Goose, you don't really hear about <coughs> goose being cooked all that much anymore, do you, at Christmas? Well, some some people. It's, it's quite traditional in some cultures. Mm-hmm. There's actually uh, a local farm that is raising geese this year to offer to people for Christmas. I think they're trying to bring the tradition back. Mm. It's Miss Scarlet's Blue Ribbon well, Farm. Very nice. Yarmouth very good. Park. Where is that? Uh, Yarmouthport. In Yarmouthport. So have you cooked a goose before? I haven't, although I I tried to convince my husband that we should do it this year, but they already had other plans. <laughs> you should do it. I mean, they're, they're very good, but there's surprisingly little meat compared to a, a turkey, so you have to... Yeah. You have, to, you have to have a good-sized goose or more than one to feed a large group. I, I've never eaten a goose. Is it similar to duck or not? Very, it's quite similar oh, to Oh, quite duck, similar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, I love duck, so I might have no, to try you'd like goose. Yeah, I probably would like it. But it's easy to dry out, easier yeah. than a duck, but it's not tough to cook. It's not tough to cook. Okay. Um, for the uh, cook who's really just learning, it can be really intimidating to have to prepare a holiday meal for the family. Um, if something doesn't come out as you planned... It's likely more of a bigger deal in your own head than it is the guests. We don't remember it. They remember it. You know, you remember, oh, my God, remember the year I, I you know, forgot the vegetables? And people go, no. <laughs> yeah, my mom makes a, uh, a special coffee cake every year for Christmas breakfast. And literally every single year since I can remember, we wake up and we all think it's delicious. And every year she says, Oh, it didn't rise just right like it should have, but I don't I don't know what she's comparing it to because she says that every year and every year we think it's perfect. And she doesn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually in the cook's head. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I've told this story before, but um one Thanksgiving, this was a few years back, my brother decided to experiment with the deep frying of the turkey. Uh-huh. And <laughs> there was no turkey because it got completely uh, destroyed in this in this experiment, um, which I thought my sister-in-law had was had a pretty good sense of humor. She cut one out of a magazine, a picture of a turkey. She put it in the middle of the table, and they had all the sides. <laughs> it's a meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't think she had any in the house. Um, love to hear your uh, holiday stories. If you have uh, some disasters you'd like to share with us, 866-999-4626. That's 866-999-4626. Our email address is the point at WGBH. Dot O-R-G. Do you have a holiday disaster story, Elspeth? Have you ruined I haven't really cooked that many holidays alone. I think I don't have enough under my belt to have a disaster. I'm sure there's one coming my way. <laughs> You've got something to look forward to. Yeah. I was trying to think the same thing, and I don't, I, again, I don't cook a lot of the holiday dinners myself, but I do at this time of year, I make it the rest of the year too, but I, I have a um, dessert that I make. It's a uh, amaretto chocolate mousse. But, you know, sometimes if you don't beat those eggs just right or you stir it a little too much and not fold it in there right, it can get really soupy. It still tastes good, but the texture is not the same. Yeah, eggs are tricky. Anything custardy, anything like that can be hard. One of the things some people often forget is you've got to have them at room temperature when you start. Mm -hmm. If they're not, you're not going to get them airy. Yeah, and you know, there's all, there's so much to I mean to learn when you're cooking. It's funny. I I had a leg of lamb last night, and I was just reading some. You know, I, I like to go online and get just different recipes, and I didn't know this. It said make sure it's room temperature mm-hmm. when you start. Yeah. I didn't know that. All beef, all I mean, all roast yeah. should be at start at room temperature. Even just like a roasting chicken or mm-hmm. you know something basic mm-hmm. like that, if you bring it up to room temperature, 
It helps. You yeah. take it out of your fridge, it's at maybe 40 degrees, so you've mm-hmm. spent the first half hour cooking, not really cooking, just getting it up yeah. to room temperature. Well, it did come out pretty good, so I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess there's something to that. <clears throat> if you have questions uh, about your holiday foods, give us a call, 866-999-4626, or shoot us an email, thepoint at wgbh.org. One thing um, that people are really much more conscious of, Elspeth, which is... is incorporating local foods into their diet, and especially now this time of year when you're planning your holiday menus, what are some of the things that people might want to think about? Well, there are a lot more local meats available. Like I said, um, there's a farm doing geese there. I've heard about um, different farms that are going to have turkeys and lamb. Um, So there are a lot lot more meat options. And then, of course, there's the Feast of the Seven Fishes or Shellfishes. And actually, I find that for the veggies and the pies, a lot of the things that are traditional actually do use foods that are in season. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not as difficult as you might think. For instance, um, one of my favorite uh, dessert recipes, there's cranberry gooden pudding, which is just sort of this... It's a layer of cranberries on the bottom, and then you have this sort of cake batter on top, and it melts over them. It's mm. delicious. But that's a, you know, mm-hmm. cranberries are being picked right now around here, uh, and they're for sale still at some of the farm stands that are open at farmer's markets. Um, there's Brussels sprouts, which make a great side. We do a shaved Brussels sprout salad. Mm. Don't even cook them with um, lemon juice, Parmesan. Uh, and toasted walnuts, mm. delicious. Oh, sounds, sounds good. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about Brussels sprouts can be tricky. You don't want to cook them too long. They get that soggy flavor, which is why so many people don't like them. But yeah. just skip the cooking altogether. Destroyed the British Empire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what local uh, on the seafood side of things? What, what the could... seafood? I was going to say turnip this time. Oh of yeah, year right, turnips. Food, and yeah. I like turnip mixed with mashed potato. Delicious. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what about seafood? Seafood, seasonal. Yeah. Well, all the shellfish are seasonal. I mean, you can get them. It's, mm-hmm. best, it's the best time of the year for quahogs and oysters. In my mind, I think they taste best when it gets cold, mm-hmm. maybe even a month or so later. Than well, I think the lobster are better this time of year, too. We just had some, some lobster the other day, and it was so sweet. I, I don't know. Maybe when the water gets cooler, it changes the taste a little? Well, if, I, if they're not shedding, you get a different kind of texture in mm-hmm. the meat, and they don't shed when the water's cold. So. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little about your new book, Dave. Well, it's, it's pretty much an extension of my first Cooking the Catch book. Not an extension. It's all new recipes, but it's in the same format. My first one was done seasonally, and this one is done, I think, monthly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it. I have to look and see, but I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's just more seafood recipes. So you talk a little bit about fishing as well. It's got some, oh, has some great photos. A little bit. I have some stories. Yeah. And, and this is and this was born out of out of your columns, right? Yeah, that you wrote yeah. for on the waterfront, right? Yeah, on the water, not on the waterfront, on the water. On the water yeah. yeah, that was Marvin Brando. Yes. Yeah, thinking the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you also have some questions that people have sent in from your column in the book and side stories. Yes, yeah. I like the side stories. Oh, yeah. good. I yeah. like them, too. I, you, I want you to, I know we've, you've told this story before, but since it's the holiday season, tell us about uh, was the night before Christmas. Oh, oh. When my daughter, Amanda, who's now a well-grown woman, was it about five, I read her the story the night before Christmas, you know, and all through the house, not a creature stirring, not even a mouse. And we get done. I said, Amanda, did you like the story? She said, it was all right. I said, well, what, what did you like about it? She said, I liked the part where you got sick. <laughs> I said, what? She said, he ran to the window and threw up the hatch. <laughs> 
threw up the hash. That's funny. Uh, I, some, she had refused to eat some hash that I had recently made and put beets in, which changed its color to pink, and she wouldn't eat that. And no. you'd think a little girl would like something pink, right? Well, no, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> not to, when it came to eating it. Anyway. Yeah, oh, boy. We're talking about holiday foods. Uh, if you have a question or a story you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. 866-999-4626. That's 866-999-4626. Our email address is thepoint at wgbh.org. O-R-G. We're talking with Elspeth Hay and Dave Mash. Um, Elspeth, do you, when you're looking at your holiday menu or, you know, when you're planning a dinner party, do you try to do different things or do you stick with the standards that you know? I try to do only one or two new things at a time. <laughs> I found that uh, I used to sort of try to do everything new and exciting, and I found that that can be a little bit overwhelming. Stressful. And then when you sit down to eat and you've never tried any of these things, you're sort of looking around the table at your guests and saying, oh, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. <laughs> so I try to stick with some old favorites and, and incorporate a few new things. And that way, if they don't go so well, it doesn't matter. Fall back on the others, right? <laughs> and, and Dave, you, of course, are a very confident cook and you have no problem with going, what do I have in the fridge and throwing this all together? And generally, I can do something with most anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what's your point now. No, I just I'm just, just asking. You know, people. I think especially uh, when you're uh, when you're new to this. Oh yeah, you get well, you're a little bit nervous to experiment, but it's uh, sometimes you can come up with some great. I, I still like to experiment, but when you cook for a very long time, you have some idea what the, how the experiments are going to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have some idea, so mm-hmm. there isn't much experimenting. Though I do like to try things before I serve them to the general public. Just to be sure. I don't want to just put them on them <laughs> out of the blue and have it be something awful. Yeah. Lately, I've been, I was given, my my sister from Michigan came out from central Michigan farming country. And I said last year that I would, when she'd say, what do you want for Christmas? I said, how about bringing me some fresh white beans? They grow them in Michigan. She brought me beans, but she brought me 50 pounds. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> A 50-pound bag of beans is a, one, a lot of beans. That's so, a lot of beans. Well, I've been cooking beans. I've been making cassoulet and American baked beans. You know, cassoulet is kind of French baked beans, and it's delicious. That'd be good with a Christmas so goose. Much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could even incorporate leftover goose into a cassoulet. Mm. <clears throat> but we have beans, so I'm going to package them in two-pound packages and, and put in Recipe for bean soup and for baked beans in each package and give them away to my friends. There you go. Put them in little bags. So they That's a great yeah. holiday gift. And yeah. hand them away. And it, cause it's not costing me anything either, so yeah. it's great. Yeah, no, that is great. <laughs> I, I had somebody do that to me once uh, when I moved into a new place. They brought me uh, like the makings of an apple pie in a pie dish. It was really cute. But, yeah, all you have to do is just throw everything together. Yeah. All right, so it says, it's not appetizing to leave plastic wrap on something in the oven. Uh-oh, that's, the, oh. that's Jenny's <laughs> holiday disaster. Yeah, no, that is that is not a good idea. Um, what are some of the other... Appetite, excuse me, not yeah. appetizing to leave that little package in the turkey either. That oh, oh, God. <laughs> and that's done with some frequency yeah. by new cooks. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other holiday favorites? You've got a whole bunch of recipe cards here in front of you. I that's do cool. have some recipe cards here. Um I, a lot of these seem to be desserts, which I, I guess is just <laughs> sort of the way that the holidays go. But I found this uh, pecan pie recipe from a blog I read by uh, a woman who lives out in western Massachusetts. Uh, and they 
ha- they started a grain CSA doing all mm. local grains and beans, and we're members of that, so I subscribed to her blog. And she had this great recipe that doesn't use sugar. It uses maple syrup, um, and you you combine it with heavy cream and cornstarch and egg yolks for the filling. And I just thought it was a great local alternative to sugar, mm. and it came out exactly like you would expect a pecan pie to taste. And she also has a variation where you put chocolate underneath mm. sort of this melty underneath chocolate. Hmm? Well, pie crust, mm-hmm. chocolate, yeah, custard, right. pecans. Ooh, and it, good. it's Funny, really good. I wonder why the pecans always rise. They float. And it's they weird. They float, yeah. yeah. And the, why wouldn't the chocolate melt and just go into everything? You For know? some it, reason, it didn't. It sinks, the pecans float, and then mm-hmm. you get that nice custard layer mm. in between. It sounds delicious. Yeah. It does. Yeah, let's talk to Denya, who's giving us a call from Orleans. Hi, Denya. Hi, everybody. Um, my holiday tradition is to make potato latkes with residents at some nursing homes and participants at or clients at some adult day centers. And the culmination, uh, and I usually do it in five or six different places. I'm actually starting tomorrow, my first uh, nursing home. And then... My book group, we have a potato latke party. That's wonderful. And I make latkes for the, uh, for the book group. But I also had a question for Elspeth. How do you shave Brussels sprouts? You need a mandolin, uh, which I don't know if you ever used a mandolin. It's just sort of a ceramic blade, and you run the Brussels sprouts over it. It's really hard to do with a knife. Um, you could also use a one grater. the long side of a grater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either one would work. Yeah, I got a question for you, Danya. I'm I'm thinking of yep. you going around to these nursing homes and having these helpers with with your potato latkes. And I would imagine you get some tips and, and improve your recipe all the time with all these this input from other people. Not not so much. No. Her latkes um, can't be improved. <laughs> They're perfect <laughs> recipe. I wish that. I mean, maybe I get fingertips in there, but I don't get any. Tips. Uh, um, do you serve them with <laughs> with applesauce or with? Um, uh, what, what sour, is cream. sour cream. Yeah. Applesauce and sour cream. Both. both. All right. Oh, yeah. terrific. Yum. That sounds good. I most love people latkes. who um, I make these potato latkes for have never eaten a potato latke, so we okay. put a dab of applesauce and a dab of sour cream on them. And actually, people who tend not to want to eat a lot often want seconds and thirds. <laughs> good. <laughs> so see, you're, they are perfect. They don't. They can't be improved upon. <laughs> All right, Danya, thanks. Thanks for sharing thanks. your story with us. Appreciate that. If you have a holiday tradition or question you'd like to share with us, 866-999-4626. That's 866-999-4626. Our email address is thepoint at wgbh.org. Sometimes we look for these complicated recipes thinking that's going to make them taste much better. And really, a lot of times, simple is best. Generally, simple yeah. is best. Almost all the time, yeah. simple is best. But just getting a nice piece of fish or a nice right. you know, piece I've, of meat. I've always wondered about this. People say, I want you to give me a nice piece of fish. Everybody ever go in and ask for it? Not a nice piece of fish? What do you expect I'm going to give you? Well, you <laughs> know, I mean, there's there's certainly different qualities when you where you shop. I mean, you, well, yeah, yeah. Well, you can look and say, ooh. You can't I, find a nice yeah. piece of fish. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, more favorites? <laughs> 
What uh, I mean, you know, let me ask you because you, you you've done talked about this before. Sometimes there's some fish <coughs> that we are a little bit afraid to do anything with because we're not sure what to do with it. Like we're catching skate a lot of for one. skate. Yeah, skate you know, is. What can you do with that? Skate is delicious. The way that I've had it mostly is braised um, or pan fried, and my husband just um, he breads it and then pan fries it, or he's done it in the oven braised with like a little bit of wine and butter, mm-hmm. and it's really sweet. I've found. Mm-hmm. Is that how you it make is. it? That's one. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. I coat it with flour often and, and pan fry it and then serve it with brown butter and capers. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds good. And, yeah. or, and a little lemon, too. It's yeah. it's very good. It's just a texture that you we're unaccustomed to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but I think it's quite good. Yeah, I, I kind of like the way it sort of falls apart. Yeah, um, it's very long, long tension. Yeah, mm-hmm. very Long, flaky. slender muscle flakes. Mm-hmm. What about dogfish? Uh, I I I like dogfish. I've had it. Um, the best way I had it was sort of it was cooked for a long time. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Dave probably has mm-hmm. more ideas, but it was sort of slow cooked. Would work. Yeah. Well, it, it also works very well just in fish and chips. Mm. Right, it, that's it, what they do in England, right? It used to be a big thing in England. Now they're not as much dogfish included in their fish and chips, but. If you skin a dogfish fairly quickly after you've uh, killed it, you uh, it's as good as haddock or cod, oh, in right? my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's mm-hmm. a layer of skin, the basic bottom of the skin that contains the uric acid that mm-hmm. that gives it kind of an odd flavor, an odd smell, unless you take that skin off. If you do, it's most people will never know whether they're eating cod huh. or well, or dogfish. Yeah. What are what are some of your holiday favorites, Dave? I know you mentioned you're going to do the uh, the, the shellfish, but what well, are my some father of... always did at, at New Year's Eve pickled herring. We always had pickled herring and rye bread and beer and Limburger cheese for some reason. <laughs> that I don't see delicious. How that... <laughs> it is good, and everybody drinks that. I mean, eats that and 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 drinks a little beer, and then at midnight they go out and shoot guns in the air. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> or make loud noises that probably has some primitive uh, meaning in scaring yeah. away the evil spirits or something. Yeah. Christmas is a an, an ancient holiday, I mean, preceding Christ. Yeah. So um, do you do you still do the pickled herring on, on New I, Year's? I or? try to do it. Yeah. yeah, I don't do the guns in the air. I don't no, I, I, yeah, guns, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you able to get herring? To, Are you able to get no, herring I, around here? I, no, I've got... I've, gotten salt herring you can still get little kegs of salt herring on online or in boston mm. and then you you know you take you soak them get the salt out and then pickle them mm. or i buy pickled herring i mean yeah. it's, it's just good i can't make it much better than i can buy mm. some things i can but not herring how do you make pickled herring well you salt it. the herring comes salted generally if you right, have fresh herring it. you salt it at least overnight which used to be called corning and then you merely marinate it in it, which is essentially a, a very vinegary vinaigrette with onions and usually something a little bit sweet, maybe sugar or something in there. Mm. And then two or three good, days, yeah. it's uh, it's ready and it's fine. And you can do it with alewives here in the spring too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a new? Do you do you anything on New Year's? Well, except we can't get alewives. We don't I, really I do usually have, I, on New Year's my food-wise. my brother's family comes for New Year's and we do a, a dinner and we usually most of the time we do some kind of a roast but this <coughs> year I found a recipe in this month's cooking light 
It's a mm-hmm. um, it's a pork tenderloin that's stuffed with uh, cherries, and it's got this port wine sauce that you make with it. And we tried it maybe a week or so ago. It was so delicious. I said, "This is going to be our New Year's dinner." It really is. It was really really quite tasty. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, stuffed pork tenderloin is great. You, some mm-hmm. different things you can stuff it with. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. from like fruits to cheeses. Anything, and, yeah. yeah, really, it's it's great. I love pork. We always have a fresh ham for Christmas dinner, and I mean a non-cured one, you know, mm-hmm. so it's essentially just a giant roast pork Wow. with applesauce and roast potatoes. and Yeah, homemade applesauce, that's sprouts. easy. Yeah, yeah, I make applesauce all the time. Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. nothing to What it. kind of apples do you use? Whatever I can get. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what would you say <laughs> your favorite? Cheap apples is what I use. Yeah, Jenny yeah says, you want Jenny soft just, cooking apples. Jenny just wrote, we're getting hungry in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. We don't have I don't any have samples. a real favorite, but no. there are certainly in applesauce. It's not critical. I think in pies, what you use is more oh. critical because there are apples that go to mush naturally, right. Right. like Macintoshes and other ones that stay firm, like Yellow Delicious. Mm-hmm. So, what do you use in your apple pies then? Do you mix I it up? I usually use four just... or five kinds. Yeah, say... my record is seven kinds. Wow! So <laughs> I have a neighbor who I'm telling you, she makes the best apple pie on the planet. I'll and, take yeah. her on. Yeah. Okay. We'll have a we'll have to have a little contest there because I I, think I have she a friend might, named you know... Cam Gifford who claims the same. <laughs> An apple pie off, right? There you go. I like to add a little a few cranberries to my I, apple yeah, pie. Yeah, I, I, I add cranberries to my applesauce because I like it to be pink. Mm. Yeah, I actually I had... prefer it to the pale yellow applesauce. Mm-hmm. No. There's a, a woman at the Falmouth Farmer's Market who makes a <coughs> raspberry applesauce. Oh, Some of the best applesauce I've ever had. It was so sweet, and it yeah. was that had that bright pink color. That sounds delicious. I love the color. Yeah, sounds delicious. Well, I, I definitely want to be a judge in that pie apple pie contest, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Got a couple minutes left. Uh, any other favorites you want to talk about for holiday foods or, or, or tips for folks thinking about the holiday dinners ahead? A really good, simple thing that my grandmother always made on Christmas Eve. We had a Christmas Eve meal where we were all in our pajamas and everyone was allowed to open one present and there was champagne. Um, and she would make a really easy but really elegant meal of she did tenderloin wrapped in bacon, mm-hmm. which was... You, you can't really can't go be. wrong. <laughs> and then she would make stuffed potatoes, which were basically, she would, they were basically twice baked. She would bake them once, cut them in half, scoop out the insides, make a mashed potato mixture with butter and cream. Again, hard to go mm. wrong. And then scoop the mixture back in and it would sort of mound up. And then she would sprinkle, um, Parmesan, Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. on top, put them back under the broiler for a minute, and they would get this crispy mm. top. Yum. My uh. sister and I would eat like three or four of those. And <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't feel very well, but it was delicious. Uh, Good going down. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. All right, Dave, thoughts from you for uh, folks who are thinking about the holidays. Any tips or, or suggestions? Well, no, I think raw shellfish should be served whenever possible. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially at the holidays. Oysters and, and clams. Yeah. Broiled oysters are good, too. Oh, broiled. Mm-hmm. Just put a little bit of bacon on top of an oyster and then broil it until the bacon's barely crisp. It's one of the most mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. things on earth. Or pesto, too. We do that sometimes with Any pesto and Parmesan. Things, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I never used to be a big oyster fan, and, and, and recently I, I've come to enjoy them. Uh, well, and I think it was maybe just the raw getting over the, the, the raw. <coughs> but it's really interesting how the flavor can vary from where they're from. Oh, yeah. That little a bit lot. of saltiness, you know. it's Yeah, it's amazing. And I will I say we those Wellfleet oysters are pretty darn good. I was going to say, I'm still good. partial <laughs> to Wellfleet. No, no, Wellfleet and Waukoid and even Buzzards Bay here, the north end of Buzzards Bay, I think we have some of the best oysters on earth. Yeah. I, and I'll 
say that to anyone. Right. And of course, on Martha's Vineyard also. And, oh, and, yeah. and the, uh, the scallops that we can get right now. Yikes. You know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Dave Mash, author of Cooking the Catch 1 and now Cooking the Catch 2. And Elspeth Hay, our uh, local food reporter, and she blogs at Diary of a Locavore. Thank you both. Thank you. Well, thank you. That was fun. Yeah. I'm Indy Todd. Thank you for listening. The Point airs weekdays at 9.30 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. We're also on Facebook at The Point WCAI. The Point is produced by Amy Vince. The executive producer is Mindy Todd. Production assistance from Dan Treidel and Jenny Junker. Theme music by Benjamin Verdery and William Coulter. The Point is a production of the Cape and Islands NPR station, a service of WGBH.